This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So again, folks, a great big good morning. Great to have all of you here today. And that really kind of, I find it very inspiring what we're going to be sharing here today. Sharing it in song and sharing it in prayer and sharing it in, in some parts of scripture with a little musical accompaniment from up above. And, uh, you know, what we've been doing, for those of you here for the first part of this series, is what we've been doing every summer, we try to look at one book from the Bible. Now, again, important to understand, the Bible's not written like a history book. It's really a library with a bunch of different books in it. And these books all give us these little different slices, these little different perspectives. And we've been looking at this book called Ephesians, the letter to Ephesians. It was a letter written by a man by the name of Paul about 80 years after Christ died. And it was written to this little church called Ephesus that's trying to make a go of it. And there's beautiful language in here. There's a beautiful way to kind of see the Christian message. What I always love about looking at these kinds of of letters is they get us back to what Christianity was right when it started. Before all the bells and whistles, like what was it like in kind of its distilled form? Like what were the messages that they talked about? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Now, Ephesians is super short. It's only six chapters. You could read it in like about 40 minutes. And we're looking at the middle chapter today, chapter three. And we're going to be looking at a particular prayer that Paul offers up. And it's, it's in the prayer he talks about sort of Christianity and the Ephesians and how all of it comes together. It's a real short prayer. And we're going to do today's service a little bit differently. We're going to take a look at this prayer three times. We have three volunteers from the audience who are going to be reading it at different parts of the service. And I want you to notice, like, okay, when you first hear it, okay, that was nice. And my assumption is by the time you hear it for the third time, you will know something. Something beyond knowledge. Something that this prayer is really trying to drive at. A point it's trying to make, and it's not a point of our head, it's a point of our hearts. So let's take a listen to that prayer. Claire's going to read it first. So I want you just to listen to this prayer. Very short. Then I'm going to start to to set it up again, start to pull it apart. So Claire, go ahead. Oh, I don't need it. You do for the online. A prayer. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, with whom every family in heaven and on earth defies his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit to your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Thank you, Claire. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. I love the prayer. Because see, what it's trying to drive at, folks, I think, is there's a reality of what we see, an appearance. And how is it that we can start to see those things that are underneath it? to see the bigger truths of life, to see what, what life is actually like, you know, down at its deepest level, to know a love that is beyond knowledge. We're going to come back to that a number of times. 
You know, that whole thing of like trying to understand what reality is, you look back to Christ's life, a famous story. He's about to get crucified by this Roman governor, this Roman governor on the right, that, on the left, that's Christ on the right. And the Roman governor looks at him and says kind of dismissively, well, what's truth? Not asking the question, but telling the question. Thinking it's some sort of cleverness to be able to call everything into question which is not really cleverness. That question of what is truth, we actually can answer. We actually can start to look behind it because it's so important for us to do that. We can create a certain reality in our heads. And then that reality can be projected out there into the world. Now, I want to show you a New Yorker cartoon. It'll take you about 10 seconds to get it. So take a look at this cartoon. Can you kind of see what she's created? Right? She, she's made a painting. She has an understanding of the way life actually works so that she's got her door all blocked off because she's, she's sure of what's right on the other side of that door. And we can all do that. We can all create a reality. But how is it that we start to see behind that? What will determine the reality of our lives? What will determine the reality of life? Now, I'm going to have Mark read it a second time. And this time again, I want you to listen to it, and I want you to start to hear, yeah, what's, what's the reality that, that, that Paul's trying to point these people towards? All right? Go ahead, Mark. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Again, did you hear it a little differently that time? Just notice, again, like, like what's the reality he's pointing us towards? There's this beautiful idea. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people. I'm going to have you say the yellow words there. To grasp how and 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 is the love of Christ. Like those are incredibly powerful words. And folks, this is written, you know, this is written thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago, pointing us back to this, this, no, you really have to get the, the very depth, how, how incredibly great this love is. Again, like how wide it is, how long it is, how high it is, how deep it is, a story for you. I've enjoyed very much reading a book, and it's, it's, it's about a, a blind French resistance fighter during World War II. It's a true story, actually. He was blinded when he was seven. And he ended up doing all these things to, to sort of circumvent the Germans when they occupied France during World War II. He was blind, so they didn't suspect him. He eventually ends up in a, in a concentration camp and survives the war and then wrote this beautiful book. And he talks about this. He talks about coming to that kind of understanding of love 
And what it, what it did for him, and, and this was like amazing to me, he said it meant he was able to find light everywhere. I mean, just think of that. It meant he was able to find light everywhere. Even in these most incredible, horrendous, difficult of circumstances, able to see light everywhere. As Emanuel Swedenborg would say it, what I think he was discovering was this oneness arising out of love, this deep, incredible oneness. And with Ephesians, one of the fascinating parts of it to me is that it's, it's always addressed to us. It's never addressed to a singular person. It's always addressed to the way communities can experience this. Experience relationship in its depth, experience reconnection in its depth. And what then does that mean? Well, there's knowing about versus knowing. And we're going to look at what that knowing is. Who can just shout out a sports hero of theirs? Just shout one out. Who? Who did you say? Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. So we can know about Mike Schmidt, right? He played for the Phillies, for those of you who don't know. Third baseman, right? You know, so we can know a lot about him. If you're a baseball geek, you probably know his lifetime average and this, that, and the other thing. But does that mean you know him? Yes or no? No. No. It's just knowing about. You were being asked to step into a very different place, and it's the place of knowing. I'm going to step over on this carpet for a minute. It's a different place where they're saying, all right, you can know about, and we can know about God, but can we actually know God? Like, how would God work that out? Well, take a look at this next passage, folks. Know the love that surpasses knowledge. That's such a big line to me. We're supposed to know this love. We're supposed to know this love so deeply. And this is a love that actually will surpass knowledge. Think about your experience just in your own lives. Are there those things that you know deeply that are beyond knowledge that you really can't explain? Yes or no? Yes, there absolutely are. Absolutely are. You know, we were talking about this out at the beginning of the service when we're all in a circle for the, with the volunteers, and somebody instantly went, grandkids. I think we could substitute kids. I think we could substitute beauty and nature. There's all these places where we actually get to know that love that surpasses knowledge. We can't explain it, but what we do know is that when we do that, we end up having this feeling of being filled to the measure of all of God. You know, that, that idea that that's actually how we start to know God. Now, as the band comes out, as the band comes out, I want you to think about, about what is that like? Like, where have you known that love? Why is it important? And, and can we start to put it in the context of actually knowing God. Where we become, as best we can, part of the cure, part of the healing of the world. This, I think so much of what Ephesians is about and so much of these things, once we start to see that reality, we start to hear and understand, folks, a very different call into the world. A very different way of being. 
It's a much more powerful view of God, wide, deep, beyond our, beyond our comprehension of love. And, and then it's, it's not just a love there for me to enjoy personally. It's a love that becomes a vocation, a call, a way to move out there into the world. So that, that, that idea of finding that vocation, finding those voices. And, and folks, like we, we have to constantly sit back in this time, right? We can read this today, nice, comfortable, air-conditioned Mitchell Performing Arts Center. It isn't that nice. It's great that we're here. And from this place, we can actually think of it as those people experienced it. I mean, folks, put yourself in that place. I'm going to stand, stand over here for a minute. Imagine yourself 2,000 years ago, sitting in this place. No doubt it's crowded, hot, dusty. You've been trying to follow these words from this, this itinerant preacher by the name of Christ who, who seems to have these keys for seeing the world a new way and not just seeing the world, but being in the world in a new way. There's a certain part of your life, at least for me, there'd be a certain part of my life that'd just be like, I'm gonna keep my head down, make no trouble, I don't know what these people are talking about. That would never wanna be in that meeting, would never wanna hear this letter because the people were being persecuted at that time. The Romans were persecuting because these Christians kept on saying, well, actually, Caesar's not that big a deal. Caesar's sort of JV, it just doesn't do much. And they're being forced to make a choice. But it's not a choice, do we take up arms and fight? Do we rebel? It's the choice of do we stay in love? Do we constantly say, Father, forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. Do we constantly live? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. And, and folks, like, feel the tension there. Like, put yourself in that place. Like, feel the tension of those people hearing these words. This lofty rhetoric of how wide and deep and incredible God's love is. That's the gospel. And how we're to live that, not as individuals, not as a private salvation plan, but as a plan for a new form of community. A new form of coming together in the world and making a difference, that's known as church. I mean, just imagine, right? Hearing those words, knowing that they're true, and at the same time, a part of our brain being so worried about survival, understandably so. Like sitting in that tension. And there's no doubt for some of them that this part one, this, this part that was just concerned about survival, and they were listening to this very cynically. I want to share with you another line that I like a lot. This is a great definition. Cynicism is its own adventure in missing the point. Isn't that a good phrase? Cynicism is its own adventure in missing the point. I think, folks, with looking at this, looking at this cynicism and, and how it works, you know, I think underneath cynicism actually is this. Can we say that word? 
hopelessness. If we're cynical about life, I feel that a lot of that is actually driven by kind of a, a core hopelessness. If we, if we could, we're not going to flip back to it, but that first slide that showed Pilate, the Russian governor, you know, talking to Christ and saying, what is truth? Well, that's a pretty hopeless place to be, actually. I, I wouldn't want to be a pilot, even though I, not, it's L-A-T-E, not L-O-T. You know, I wouldn't want to be Pontius Pilate. I wouldn't want to live life that was coming out, had that much cynicism, coming out of that much hopelessness. I mean, that's not a lot of fun. And there's not a lot of fullness of joy there either. Because our life then becomes about how do we prove how everything is wrong and bad and not true versus how do we prove the opposite? We can disprove everything. We can blow it all apart if we want. And so do we want that? I mean, again, I think the tension that those people were living with was very much along those two lines. And if we allow that cynic to win in our lives, that hopelessness to win in our lives, fear can take over and we end up living like this. (laughs) We end up scared. We end up afraid. We end up worried with life. Now, folks, yes or no answer. Do we have options? Yes or no? Yes, we have options. Yes, we have options. The problem with cynicism is cynicism will say, no, you don't. And the job of a pastor is to say, yes, you do. (laughs) You do have options. We may not be able to control our life experiences. In fact, we won't be able to control most of them. But one of the truest spiritual things, and it's shared across all, all major denominations, is that we always can choose our perspective. And within our own little universe of being, we can choose there. And we choose to be a reflection of love. One that moves away from cynicism, one that moves to a love that passes all understanding. Now, I want you to take a look at a video, and I want you to see this love. I want you to see somebody going right past cynicism. I want you to see something that actually will appeal to you in a way that you'll know about a love that actually surpasses all knowledge. Take a look at this video. We end here tonight with an enduring friendship. It began just two years ago, yet it spans nearly eight decades. She's five, he's 83. Steve Hartman is on the road. The audience at this preschool graduation in Augusta, Georgia, was full of parents, grandparents, and one very good friend. Dan Peterson is best friends with Nora Wood. Who's that? Nora's mom, Tara, says these two are absolutely inseparable. How about that? She's wholly invested in him. She can't remember her life before him. And I'm not sure that he wants to remember his before her. Before he met Nora in 2016, Dan was severely depressed. His wife had just died, and he was grocery shopping for himself when Nora spotted him. As you can see on the security footage, she just randomly reached out to him 
to this total stranger. She stood up and said, Hi, old person, it's my birthday today. Hi, old person. She says this to this cranky old man. Yeah. And then had the audacity to demand a hug. I said, a hug? I said, absolutely. <laughs> Nora got her hug and then asked her mom to take a picture of her with her new friend. She zeroed in on him like a missile. And his little lip quivered and he was teared up and it was just sweet. And I said, you don't know. This is the first time for quite a while that I've been as happy. Mm -hmm. After we first told this story, we thought for sure the love would fade. Are these are all tomatoes. But here we are, a year and a half later, and they are still seeing each other at least once a week. Yeah. It's remarkable. I mean, I think a lot of people thought that it wouldn't continue, but they're pure magic. What's the reason you like Mr. Dan? He's sweet. He's sweet? He's sweet like a peppermint. Ooh. It makes you want a peppermint, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> but the surest sign of their connection came just a couple months ago. Nora was hugging Dan, which she always does. But this time was different. I couldn't get her to let go. Because he hadn't answered the door right away, Nora was just relieved to find him safe. Every time I see you, I get happy. She was crying. What's it feel like to be loved that much? I think you can see. We can see. I love you. Steve Hartman, on the road. I love your family. In Augusta, Georgia. I hope we can keep updating that story for a long, long time. Did you see any of this in that video? <laughs> Not a lick, right? Not a lick. I want to talk about that video for a minute. It's powerful. I, I love the line in there of, of what does it feel like to be loved that much? I think that's what Paul's driving at. We get to understand that we can experience this in community. We can experience it in church. We can experience this love of God that way. What happens is that our lives become transformed. Transformed. This is from the book, Secrets of Heaven. A committed belief that charity or service is the most important part of faith. Where we feel love for our fellow human beings, where we show mercy towards them. And if we can live transformed like that, folks, like I, I love, there's a number of shots in this that I love. I love the shot of the way he looked before. Would you say hi to that guy? Would you? No. To the after. Let's do that one more time. Before, after. Is there a slight difference there? Yeah, do, do, do you see that? I mean, in, in the miracle parts, there's, there's so many miracle parts of it, folks. Like, this little girl, did she just know about this old man? Or did she know this old man? She, she knew him. What you would know about him if you saw that first picture, go back to that first picture, you would. If I just said, what do I know about this guy, what would you instantly say? Grouchy, grumpy. Cynical, thank you. Cynical, that's good. 
clearly cynical. But then you look at the next picture. What do you know about him? He's alive. There's joy. Joy even in the midst of a broken heart. Joy even in the midst of a broken heart. I love, again, that, and I don't know who did it, but it was kind of fun that they pulled the security. I mean, it's so nice to have security camera footage pulled for a good reason, right? And and, and the security footage, and did you notice the gesture she made as soon as they, as soon as she went past them? What was the gesture? Anybody pick up on that? She waved out. She reached out her hand. Like right there, sort of a drive-by loving. Right away, she knew something. Of course, it begs the question, like, like what, did, what did her mother, how had her mother taught her that? Uh, how did her mother see the world? How did she teach her mother how to see the world that way? See, this is what Christ is talking about. This is not just private salvation speak. In heaven, there are societies, there are communities. As in heaven, so upon the earth. Each working towards the common good. Each looking to love in ways that are very particular. And yet at the same time, breathing out to be incredibly universal. There is, folks, we see again and again, a reality behind the appearance. Let's have a week where we try to see that again and again, where we, where we know something that is beyond knowledge and live from that place knowing that actually what is true, that is. That is. And I want you to listen one more time to this prayer as Jenny reads it. If you want to close your eyes, just just as best you can, kind of get settled so that you can do full body listening. Let this prayer from Ephesians 3 becomes a prayer for life this week. Please listen. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And could we all say amen together? Amen. Now, the way we're going to close today's service is we're going to close today actually with honoring with somebody who's not the least bit cynical or hopeless, somebody who's just added immeasurably to our congregation, who's going to be moving on in a few short weeks, moving out to Texas, and that is Luke Frazier. Luke is a dear friend, 
and one of our prized volunteers. We're blessed with so many wonderful volunteers here at New Church Live, and, and Luke has served in just about every function of New Church Live imaginable, and he's going to continue to function from Texas where he's still going to be running our online audience. So I'm going to ask Luke to come down here. Paul's going to come forward. He's going to offer a few short words as well. And then we're going to do a last blessing and close the service. So Luke, if you'd come on down. Man, a round of applause here. Let me just grab the microphone here. All right, you're up, buddy. I'll hold the mic for you. You want to talk about a two-handed giver? Right here. Right here. Okay, he always asks the question, what is your why? What is our why? His why is to find it. Help us find purpose in our lives. That is his why. What is yours? Woo! Paul, you preach it, brother. That was good. <laughs> Luke, do you want to say any little thing before you do a last blessing? Uh, um, don't get emotional, man. <laughs> Paul just said, don't get emotional, man. I'm just filled with a lot of gratitude um, to have been able to connect with you years ago and connect with everybody here and this man um, to have an amazing conversation this morning with Lynn Doyle. I mean, yeah, I, I'm so, so grateful because this kind of community cares about connecting with each other, cares about knowing and not just knowing about, um, and is so full of love. So full of love. Um, so I'm just, I'm so grateful. <laughs> So <laughs> now to wish him on his way, if you care to, Luke, I'm going to have you stand right here. All right. If you care to, you're welcome to join me in a hands-on blessing for Luke as we bless his travels. Just make sure we have some room for his grandparents to sneak in on the side right here. All right. So please come forward if you'd like to join us for a hands-on blessing to close the service. So, Lord, we ask your blessing on this amazing young man 
Blessings on his journey, Lord. As he pursues his why, allow it to open before him in depth and in beauty, always grounded in love. Guard his ways, Lord. Bring him home. Treasure his path. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and upon your journey and bring you peace. Bless your ways. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.